0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined with Chris Apple. Hey everyone. And very special guest, world's runner-up, three-time Imperial Assault World Champion, Daniel Taylor. Hi there. (laughs) Alright Dan, first I want to say thank you very much for coming on. It's a special honor. Uh, Like I said, you've definitely got a fan base out here in Philadelphia from your Imperial Assault days. (laughs) Um, So... Thank you for coming on. It's definitely an honor. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Awesome. So, all right, we're going to, you know, we've got a special episode. We're going to talk to Dan a little bit about his world's experience. Then we're going to go into a little bit of a breakdown of squad or Aces plus a squad. So we'll get a little bit more detail. Chris has a lot of information for us this week. Um, but we'll, first, let's talk to our guest. Um, so, Dan, like I said, you, you are the three-time world imperial assault champion um That's like right. when did you get into like competitive x-wing and like what made you make that switch
1: so i picked up x-wing uh when second edition came out so i guess roughly a year ago um and i've been playing since then um mainly because imperial assault they kind of killed it so it's completed <laughs> i mean it's pretty much dead right yeah. so uh gotta play a game that people actually play. So, <laughs> so here I am, uh, you know. And everybody at the local store was always like, "Why, why don't you play X Wing?" So here I am. Now I'm playing your game. Deal with it.
2: Nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. We're all excited for that. So, did you play any first edition, or was I did really not your
1: play any? Game? I played zero first edition X Wing.
2: That's so. a really good strategy. That was the right call. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear all the stories, but so then uh, uh,
0: this is a follow up question for that. Then, like, what is your current like? perspective of second edition like i know a lot of us that are playing um second edition have all came or have all come from first edition like what is your perspective of it like do you think it's balanced like you know how, how do you feel about the game like compared to some of your other like mini games that you might have played
1: mm-hmm. um it's a pretty good game uh i feel like i like ia a little bit better um in ia i feel like you have more control over like what goes on during attacks whereas in x-wing uh you know you can shoot a guy and you can do zero and you can shoot a guy and you can do like three and that's a (laughs) that's a very big difference when that happens especially
2: Uh, in second edition that's really true
1: yeah and so like in ia there there is like the one one die one of the two defense dies has like the dodge all the damage side which is quite stupid but uh, other than that, I feel like usually when you shoot somebody in IA, like something happens, uh, whereas that doesn't always happen in X-wing. Uh, so that's a little frustrating to me. Also, you have uh, in IA you have all these cards in your hand that you can play, and they generally like fix up the randomness. But uh, there's not there's not really anything like that in X-wing, so it's a bit different, for sure. Uh, but but X-wing's still good, and it definitely I feel like it matters a lot where you put your guys. So. <laughs> That part's good. Definitely. What I don't like is they, they started to have like all these stacking mods and stuff. So like, not a big fan of like, oh, the guys that get evaded, focus evade every round, you know, that kind of stuff. So, gotcha, cool. Um,
2: One yeah. quick thing there, Andrew. Just yeah. before we move on, so I, I've heard in the past that IA had like. You know, there's more pieces on the board sometimes, and you shoot and things die, right? So like that's you're right. constantly removing pieces, you're constantly also doing objectives. damage. Objectives are amazing. So like X-wing has like fan-made objective formats, but we've never had anything like that. Yeah. Um, which always sounded super interesting. But like the defensive token second that you just described, like, but that's just like the exact opposite, right? Of like shooting, doing damage, and removing stuff. Like yeah. that's definitely a factor in X-wing, and it it kind of goes back and forth as to how the devs implement that you know yeah
0: yeah no i mean i played a little bit of i literally bought my imperial assault core set the week that they announced legion and let's face (laughs) it that's what killed imperial assault in the end but um no definitely agree with you with a lot of things it'd be interesting to see where they do take x-ming into the future and if something like that is in the cards like with objectives or anything like that as
1: opposed to just being like a death match yeah, I mean, that would definitely be interesting to explore. I mean, X-Wing is still... It's, like, really close to being, like, super, super good. But I would say right now it's, like, pretty good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, cool, Chris, you
0: got this one.
2: Yeah, sure. So we ask all of our guests this, and, you, like, I thought about making you an exception, but we're not going to. So why are you bad at X-Wing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's because I lose, man. Uh, no. <laughs> um, what, what do I do? What do I do bad? Uh probably just not thinking far enough ahead in some of the matches like about exactly where like what what the opponent's going to do uh definitely like in that finals game there was there was some stuff if i if i'd seen if i'd seen what he was going to do i could have made better moves so that's something i think i always want to work on
2: it's tough right to like kind of see the board developing and know from like turn 0 through 3 what is correct it's really exactly. hard
1: exactly
0: exactly yeah and, and like just going back to your previous comment about like imperial assault with uh like pushing damage through like i, I was watching the game and the turn that you lost jake um what was it to whisper like that was super swingy that like i think you like blanked out in your green dice there but like you <laughs>
1: you basically <laughs> had like a
0: perfect crack shot lined up to whisper oh, which yeah. Br- Br- Braylon too but. Yeah. Right. So I mean, like that—that that could have just been like a complete different game changer. Um. So it, it's interesting to see that aspect of the game, um, in different perspectives. Right. So, all right. Um. So let, let's talk a little bit about your world's list. Like, uh, what did you learn about like your list? Would you bring it to like future events? Like, and specifically, um, do you think you made the right choices with it?
1: Um. So yeah, one thing people know know me in I and in this game I play all kinds of stuff so uh, would I take this to another event uh, probably probably not uh, just because I enjoy trying out all the different kinds of things uh, I do after playing all these games with it I, I can definitely say it is a good list <laughs> um, would there be something that you would tweak like would you like basically like
0: make this as like a uh, a base towards the list or would you scrap it and completely go in a different direction
1: uh, it's it's hard Like, uh, you know like I wish I could you could fit in something else but like each each piece is, is pretty much exactly what you need right so like Wedge, Wedge and Braylon are the, the solid heavy hitters right like you can count on them to push damage through uh, Jake is of course amazing Uh, so much flexibility he adds to the list uh so then at at that point you're left with like 50 some points and there's just not many great options like i'd originally been trying like with a u-wing or like cassian right um but at some point i just kind of realized like you know i think the two z's are better than a u-wing because blount blount you can kind of count on to do pretty reasonable damage if he's left alone and then the generic i1 blocker is super useful in a lot of matchups and uh people really really underestimate him he, he does a lot more than it looks like he's going to a lot of the time
2: so one thing i'm kind of curious about with this is i know you, you started out um at a couple of tournaments this past year right did pretty well with with rebel lists um yeah
1: i played uh i got second in atlanta and first in seattle system open with um the uh the the i suppose the standard rebel beef with uh Mm -hmm. wedge braylon tendub and cassian
2: right Uh, so can you talk at all about the kind of evolution from that to here because it looks like there was a little bit of that going on right that like you didn't start from scratch with trying to build a five ship rebel list or maybe you did but how did you get from there to here
1: sure uh i mean they nerfed they nerfed that list right so you can play anymore <laughs> so that i mean that's a yeah. big factor <laughs> but um, we still
2: see players running leia right and in the cut even at worlds. yeah and i know? mean leia's
1: good but like so i was i was trying out um i was trying out stuff like the the four u-wings list or like three u-wings and braylon um and those lists were good but I got really frustrated with how few options you really had when you're playing. Like pretty much you just kind of hope they come to you and then you shoot at them and like, Oh, you didn't do enough damage. Cause you know, dice. <laughs> and so then you lose cause you can't like your, your moves are like turn around or like do it too hard. Right. right. Like you just, yeah. you can't do anything. So I, I gave up on that because it was just too frustrating to play that kind of list. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's not really my style. I, li- I like to, I like to be the one engaging or like forcing, forcing action. Right. Sure. So, uh,
2: which the U-Wing couldn't possibly be more different. Like quad U-Wings is sort of waiting. <laughs> <and doused laughs> yeah. More. Yeah. Like, like, delay, delay. like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> want
1: to do that. uh, but, uh, and like, it's good, but like, I, I don't have a lot of fun playing that list. Uh, whereas this list, uh, you know, Jake gives you so many options, uh, especially if you like, you know, you leave in the S was closed on Wedge till the last second, or like, you know, Braylon gets blocked, but Jay can come in and save him, give him a focus, uh, turns into a barrel roll, right? Then Braylon's doing tons of damage. So, right. So one one thing,
2: like, so Wedge is sort of this cult hero, right, for X-wing players, where it's like it's he's also kind of been a meme through the first half of Second Edition, and then here he is at the final table, right? And yeah. he's definitely useful. He's always been a good, strong piece, right? Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting. Like, let's just kind of step through some of these, right? So, like, first of all, with wedge, you mentioned the boost. Most people forget that the boost exists, right? Like that's <laughs> like that yeah, that alone is, is
1: real good, great. though. It's real good, <laughs> uh, especially early because uh, you know, if you depending on their initiatives, right? But like, if you leave the boost open and like they move some guys, then Jay can go give them a focus boost. And, like, you, you put in two straight, right? Or two bank with wedge. But then, depending on where they go, you can boost in the right direction and then do your move. Right. And then you can still, like, target lock, right? And so that's super good. Or barrel roll, right? Uh, and I, I use that in quite a few matches uh, to, to good effect. That, that definitely put me ahead in those matches.
2: So, a couple questions there, right? So, like,. Like it's a five-ship list. It's not. It's not a box formation joust, right? I, I, I never flew it in a yeah. box. Any like you not, could.
1: I even remotely a box. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I would usually have. I, I would be using up generally anywhere f- from like half to two thirds of my side of the board. Fair. To sub, so. So that that
2: boost on wedge, um, you know, like kind of knowing you're you're deploying slightly spread out, not fully spread out because you want to be you know bio, biophysical would call it coherent right but like you want to be able to arrive on target right exactly um so but that boost with wedge are you using it to sort of adjust as you're trying to arrive on that target or is it also relevant sort of in the mix because um, wedge right like wedge's ability you you don't feel terrible about sacrificing that red dice like, did you ever do that
1: uh there the were game, a couple times really? where i would either have to like Like, Wedge went after somebody, and it didn't work out, so then he had to boost away, or he got too far out of position and then had to boost back in. Uh, Those happened. Um, Or, like, sometimes you just try to catch somebody. Like, uh, in the finals, I did, like, four straight boosts with Wedge, and I caught Vader. So... That's it's, cool, but like, you you, you want to you don't want to use it right because you want the dice. No. you gotta have the dice. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and like you don't want to be using actions on boosts. You want to focus lock, right. right? And Like
1: you don't want them stressed, right? So like focus boost kind of stinks, but like, I mean there are, there are times you you need to do it. So fair. Um, so moving past wedge a little bit, we'll, we'll come back
2: to him because it, it kind of gets into the archetype. Um, Braylon, right? So Braylon's a ship that. We all know is really good offensively, modifying dice. Oh, also, yeah. pretty good defensively, modifying yeah, yeah. dice. Nobody,
1: nobody really wants to shoot at Braylon unless they have tons of shots at him, right? Because right. like I'm gonna do tooth shields or something, right? Uh, but man, he hits like a truck. And uh, I find that the the games I win, like Braylon sticks in the right spot and gets multiple shots, and everything goes down.
2: <laughs> so, like, so just digging in on that a little bit, right? So, like. Typically, most I think most players' context for Braylon is with Cassian support or with Leia support. He's much Uh, harder to play. Much harder to
1: play without those.
2: So, can you get into that a little bit? Because we have we, you know, we've seen Braylon without it. We kind of know how it works, but I'm interested to hear like how do you fly Braylon without you know trying to mitigate you know without limiting your dial beyond belief.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, really, it's all in the approach at the beginning. So you, you got to make sure you're in the right spot to start with and that you're moving in the right spot slow, slow enough. Like, he, he kind of wants to join the fight, like, just in time. He doesn't definitely doesn't want to be, like, right in the middle of it at the very beginning. Um, and that, that lets you at least get, like, another round of time on target. Uh, after that, then you have to decide, like, does the too hard keep you in the battle? If it does, you just stay stressed and do that. If not then you probably have to do one of the blue moves and focus and then not do anything else and just right. hope that you can turn around or something next round.
2: And those blues are fairly limited. So like, just kind of talking about the, the setup, um, I run Scorch a lot, which stresses for the extra red die, right? Yeah. So like, com- committing to a lane or setting a lane is super critical, right? Because if you don't do it, you miss shots. Definitely. Um, so like, with Braylon, Braylon thankfully can go a little slower. How were you? You're just kind of setting Braylon all out on its on his own, almost as a flanker, or was he more in a jousting position? Like
1: in, in most of my games, like the majority of my games, Wedge and Jake are doing the flanking. Uh, the generic Z is like flanking from the other direction, slash just slow rolling and being annoying, and then Blount and Braylon kind of come up the middle. That's Got it. Generally, how it works out. And then, like,
2: so Braylon's just doing one forward to victory as much as possible, right? Or or
1: one bank, yeah.
2: Sure. Um, And then does Jake help Braylon out at all, or is that purely for Wedge?
1: I mean, Jake, ideally Jake is is in between where he can get both Wedge and Braylon, depending on what happens. So at least in, like, three or so games, I would have Wedge, or Braylon get blocked, because you know it's very easy to block Braylon since he wants to do a straight, <laughs> uh, right, right? And so then, but if Jay can like zoom in and give him a focus, it, it turns him back on, and it's it's real good. Yeah. Well.
2: So, but then also that focus can trigger a linked action, right? So did that exactly. ever come in? Like any weird yeah, things yeah, there? Yeah.
1: So like I one game I was playing against a guy that had like uh, he was playing Imperial and had like the shuttle, and uh, Braylon got blocked by the shuttle. But then Jake came over, focus, boost, focus, Braylon, barrel Braylon, and then Jake and Braylon, uh, along with like all the rest of my shots, were able to kill the shuttle. Whereas awesome. like, Braylon wouldn't have been able to shoot the shuttle at all.
2: Right. Right, right, right. And then um, two more questions on Braylon, because there's a lot of ships to get through here, because there's five yeah. of them, right? <laughs> um, so, so jamming beam, did you ever use it? Is it there just to meme? Like, what's the point of
1: that? Uh, I didn't shoot it at all. Okay. I mean, it's just there. <laughs> Like I, it's hard to say when you would shoot it, right? Like maybe against like Tavison if he's got all the stuff on him already, then you would shoot it. But like you, you just, you're not gonna shoot it, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, like maybe it. against Vader, but like uh, you really want to do damage, right? Like it just uh, it, it makes a lot more sense if you have uh, swarm tactics, but that that obviously doesn't fit because then then braylon can go first and like take off all their stuff and then you know then you lay into it with everybody
2: shots are precious right that's yeah kind of, i mean that's their yeah. commodity um all right last thing on braylon i want to hear you talk about it, if you have any perspective on it like i think everyone thinks of braylon as an offensive powerhouse but they don't realize how insane his defense is at range three um so, how, how relevant was that, like, just rolling out a damage? That
1: yeah, I think of most of the time, people just aren't going to shoot him, uh, especially in this list, because you would much rather kill Wedge, or the Z's are going to be in much better positions to shoot, and you're more likely to get damage through on them. So, people are going to shoot those targets first, which that, that kind of plays into Braylon's strength, in that if he's left alone, he could just kind of plow through. Right. Yeah, he's definitely
2: kind of like. Uh... I don't know what he's like a fullback, right? <laughs> like he's just, he's just fighting for yards. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, man. All right. So then uh, the other piece I wanted to get to was Jake. So like Jake is crazy flexible. I've talked about him in the past, but yeah. like I, I, there's so much we could talk about with Jake, but how often was Jake playing almost an ace role like against certain matchups? Because like looking at what you face, there was definitely stuff below I4 or at I4. Oh, like yeah. Mess with right. Yep. Yep
1: um i feel like most of the time i kept him hanging out with everybody else as like the buffer role it wasn't too often that he was being an ace i mean you know after you know everybody else is out of position doing stuff then he ends up just you know do his move barrel roll, boost uh i i don't know that i really say like it was ac that much though i mean he definitely is good
2: but, Fair. It, so like in your Seaver, because you played against the Torkoal Swarm twice, I think, right?
1: Uh, uh, variations. I mean, you definitely played it against the, the, the Seaver 3Ks Swarm once. Uh, but um, he was good in that match.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's mainly what I'm asking about, right, is like how how much that mobility gets him to range one. Turns him into like a real offensive threat, right? That's that's more than just the support, more than just the two dice chip away, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's definitely good. Uh, I tend not to tr- to like push him in to like close range early because I want to leave open the the buff moves for everybody else, right? Like yeah. y- 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 it's really quite tricky to get Braylon in just the right spot so that he can focus himself and do his. His boost and fo- focus, like wedge or something, and then also like not block wedge, right? Right. Like so that that's a little tricky.
2: So the uh, ti- the timing of that though is that like all about where you start out at the beginning of the game, so that Jake can boost at the right moment.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like ju- just getting the approach correct, and you know making sure you're doing the right speed moves.
2: Yeah, it's actually really cool, right? It's a lot going on with that just alone because it's it's not a simple coordinate. Um, oh you yeah. Can overrun it's... easily, right? yeah yeah definitely all right, so the last thing here um that bandit squadron were <laughs> yeah. you using it as a blocker or was that just a nuisance?
1: I mean he's a blocker for sure, but uh several games I found that I would set him up like uh on one side like just just inside the first obstacle uh from the the side edge, and then he would just like one straight for for like four or five rounds and like the the opponent expects him to like do his four straight in or do his three bank and, or whatever but like no nah, just one straight him again and like <laughs> it, it gets really annoyed for them right because like they want to flank around my team but like they don't want to flank around this stupid z right like it's just a z <laughs> was he like
0: another one that was just ignored for the most part
1: Yeah, I I found in several games he would just get ignored, like or you know, like he's he's doing his super slow one straights, and like they're coming down at him, but like they're not gonna bank to make sure they get him. They like too hard, so they can shoot everyone else. So then he's in like a fantastic spot, right? Like they're not even looking at him, so he can then then he can zoom in and block or just like you know get behind him and throw three dice every round. Like he. He was he was the MVP in several huh. games for sure. So I like so I've been the list
2: that I've been running has an epsilon cadet in it mm-hmm. and the same exact thing happens. A lot of times I'm using it as a lead blocker cuz I kind of need to, but like when when it's just being left alone, it's the best feeling.
1: Yeah, and like you don't want to like if you throw him out there, like he's going to die, right? So like you you kind of don't want to just rush him out super fast. So
2: that's cool. So then, okay. what was triggering Blount? Was that was there a specific strategy there to get the three dice from
1: Blount? Like, so Blount would kind of hang back as well. So generally, it would be like the Z, the other Z, or Braylon would be helping get the the range one bonus uh, for Blount, is what I found. Uh, but really, it just kind of turns into like they're they're gonna. go, oh, he's just a z. You know, I'll ignore him. And then like, oh, the next round, like he's range one of every, everyone's range one of everyone, right? And like, oh, now you got four dice coming from Blount. So, <laughs> four dice uh,
2: with crack shot. With so, crack shot, yeah. yeah. So
1: you know, hope you got some some hull because.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so crack shot. How did you arrive there, right? So it's kind of natural, but what led to that?
1: Yeah. So I eventually, I originally had like predator on Jake. And like two cracks, I think. Or three cracks. Or however, whatever the math works out to. But um, eventually I was like, eh, Jake's not getting Predator off that much. Like, just throw more crack shots on. And then, like, I end up with one point left over. And, like, that's actually kind of good. Because the other swarm type lists, I get a bid. A one point bid. Yeah, totally. So I think against, like, you know, some droid swarm, I'm like, okay, yeah, you can, uh, you can go second. And I'll block you with my my z that sounds good right
2: <laughs> yeah no it's nice and it's also you talked about the token stacking at the beginning like that crack shot is useful against all types of token stacks even force users like, yeah i mean the way great.
1: this list loses right is you don't get the damage through and and that's what crack shots for right nice
2: yeah makes sense so i4 you had you ended up with three i4 pieces in this list um, yeah
1: i wasn't originally thinking about that but like it's actually really good to have three i fours and an i six, right? Like you can you can kill a lot of stuff before it so gets like
2: how, like a it kills, right? Like that's yeah. relevant.
1: Oh yeah, nice. especially if you get everybody like if you converge just right and you get all four guns on the same guy, like you definitely got to kill something,
2: right? And then you have enough ships that if you if you stack init it kills on people, like that goes downhill fast. Yep. Nice. All right. Um, so then just, just looking at like how you arrived at the list, how much meta analysis did you do in like deciding on this? Or did you just find a list you liked?
1: Um, like I said, I kind of play everything. So like, I had no idea what I was playing like a week before worlds. Um, I was trying to decide like, am I taking a, a droid swarm? Am I taking like, you know, Sunfec? Am I taking Jedis? Um, so I kind of just played a bunch of stuff and I played a few games in person with the the droid swarm. And I was like, I I don't want to play this. I don't want to play this. You know, 15 (laughs) rounds. No, Roger, Roger. (laughs) Just moving all the guys. is just really annoying. Super tedious. Yeah. I don't, I didn't want to deal with that. So, uh, you know then i was like well i'll just go with this so this is much more, much more
2: out of more curiosity like which droid swarm were you looking at was that just the seer swarm with or, um, with that or something else
1: like seven droids with seer seven droids with chair tech, five droids with both of those guys or like grievous i mean like like i said i really play lots of stuff so nice uh, all kinds of stuff right so so just getting into the list building a little
2: further though because i'm super curious um when you were going into worlds, were you? Was there anything in particular that like you were worried about with this list? And we'll get into your matchups in a second.
1: Sure. But... Um, I mean, mainly just like really well played aces, and the the droid swarm is also a bit of a problem. And like the nantex were probably my most worries. You you just kind of got to play played right, right. Yeah. yeah, you need that good like initial engagement against chance. the nantex. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think a lot of people were worried about the Nantex and I I don't know if we just don't have the numbers for it yet or uh or if they just were underperforming or what but Yeah, I
2: don't there know. There wasn't that much there. Yeah. Um, there were there were like eight Cheertex in um I got to look at the, the I was looking at the ship counts earlier for 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 some of it. There was less Nantex than I think I was expecting. Hmm. Um but but let's say if you ran into the did, did you play against the Snare at all? I
1: did. I played um I played XY, the guy that won the Australian system open. Yeah. Um, He was playing uh, Tech, the I-4 Nantex, uh, Grievous, and um, the Bomber 404 with advanced protons. Oh, neat. Uh, Yeah, so it was kind of a neat list. All I-4s, interestingly. Uh, And I had the bid, so he had to go first. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds
2: hard for him, actually, right? Because you have just enough, like cheer tech has got to do a lot of lifting in that list uh
1: um, yeah yeah uh yeah i got i got some really good engage on that that game which put me very far ahead but sure that's a lot of that
2: was going on in worlds
1: right like just walking around there
2: were i was watching a couple tables and you'd see like a nantex at range two defending like not in a great spot yeah <laughs> um I, I think people are still kind of wrapping their heads around that. Did you practice the Nantex at all, or?
1: I mean, I really? played it some, and I played against the some, but. <laughs> well,
0: what's your opinion on it? Let me ask that.
1: Uh, it's certainly good. Uh, I so I tend to shy away from like the three agility ships, just because like I hate rolling green dice. <laughs> uh,
0: they, they work so well until they don't work
1: well. I know, right? Like. Uh, <laughs> But, um, so sorry, what was the question?
0: Wait, uh, so, so th- what were your thoughts about the Nantex?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very powerful. I, I did enjoy playing, like, Tech and, and droids and stuff when I was playing it. Um, I, Sunfac, these just, just cost so much, right? Like, you just can't bring much else with them. Uh, and they only have four health right and uh my my game plan with this list was like well if i'm up against them right like just use the use the bandit and just try to catch them and kill them if i can so that's exactly where um, we landed was you know basically
2: try to catch a block it still matters and then if it doesn't die that turn cross your fingers kind of deal
1: yeah i mean there certain lists are like very like i played one guy i was playing online and um one guy I, I had inspired to try out my list here, uh, and so then I played uh, Sunfag, Chirita, Grievous against him, and uh, uh, I mean, I just totally took him apart with the Dantexes. Uh, I mean, part of that is just he probably wasn't super familiar with the matchup, but uh, like, man, the the Dantex has a lot of tricks, right? So you got to be aware what's going to happen, right? A lot of our coverage, so yeah. That's yeah.
2: so part of what makes your your list so like it's it's so fascinating to so many of us and like so many people are happy to see it perform is that it's you know it's five small base forward arc ships right that yeah uh they don't move in a tight formation so they're not just forcing a joust so they're definitely jousting right Mm -hmm. um but there's you know there's a lot of like super fundamental x-wing going on with this list um with meaning like you know if you open up a core box right like wedges in there. (laughs) Like it's it's it feels like that, which is really, really encouraging from like a a game health perspective. Um
1: yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of players kind of wrote themselves into like, well, I'm either doing, you know, this box of guys or I've got these aces that are super spread out. And like I think there is this game plan in the middle where you can kind of have like a very loosely coupled list. Uh, that that really limits your opponent's options. Uh, and that's kind of what I was going for here. Yeah,
2: and you nailed it. Um, so it, b- before we get into like more of a breakdown of the archetype and like move off of your list, um, was there anything that after playing at Worlds you just kind of discovered about it that you didn't know going in?
1: Uh, mainly how how the Z was going to... the band was going to perform. Like, I, I wasn't sure how super useful he was going to be, but like i said he turned out to be a pro in some games which everything is so else, encouraging I, yeah, yeah everything else i like, kind of expected it behaved like i expected
2: yeah it's so encouraging right to like bring an initiative one z95 and like not hate it yeah <laughs> that's that's great
0: yeah cool uh
2: all right all right and then what it, like we have an inventory of what you played on day two um any particular matchups that maybe you know people didn't see on stream or um, you know that of note that you want to talk about?
1: Um, I mean, I can just go through them real quick and say what I remember about sure. them. Uh, let's see. So the top sixty-four game against Nathan. Uh, that game, uh, the arcs were a problem for me, but I was able to kill them before they. I, like I killed the first one before it got to do anything, and that certainly swung the game my way quite a bit um he he had a bit of uh, positioning problems with his jedi as well so he couldn't really capitalize on uh, my commitment there um, did chopper come into play did he jam you at all uh yeah i mean chopper's super good like chopper is super good um but uh he just he just couldn't quite get the shots he needed in the right positions uh to really capitalize on it before i had done enough damage to to really cripple his list.
2: Fair. And I can imagine, like, so he has calibrated, right? So he's trying to line up bullseyes, but you've got five ships, like, scaring things off.
1: Yeah, Can't and, like, able- not, like, not not like none of his list wants to face me, like, the whole thing head on, right? Because, like, I'm going to... And they kill the arcs, and, like, if I get that many shots on the Jedi, they're, they're toast, right? Right. Especially but, with the mods that you got, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how that one went. Uh, top 32, uh, Boba Fenn. Um, this was a little bit of like uh, the, yeah here's how this game went so like you know I spread out again right and uh, like Jake, Jake and Wedge kind of go up one side and end up looking at Boba Boba kind of turns around and I have to dodge Proxmines on the other side though Fen was trying to flank but like I was slow rolling with like the Z and Braylon so actually Braylon got like super good shot on Fen. Uh, and I got through a damage engine crit. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> so oh, that, no. that's pretty much like GG there, right? Yeah. Um, this was Cam Murray, right? You are playing yeah, for Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, 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 that really crippled uh, his offense there. And Boba had to, was kind of running away and I ignored him because I didn't want Prox Binds in my face. <laughs> you, you, it's probably wise not to chase Boba because yeah. it's what he wants. But yeah, I mean, that, that list is pretty good. It's a little scary, right? Especially if Boba gets all his re-rolls and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. For so sure. then, he functions like his own list, right? Yeah. So then there's uh, Top 16 against uh, Echo and Vader and the Shuttle. Uh, this this game was kind of funny because, uh, you know, Echo's doing his thing, trying to bait me out, and the Shuttle and Vader are coming together. Uh, and most of my list is looking at Shuttle and Vader. But uh, Wedge and Jake went over to the to echo and I did the thing where I leave the S was closed and I was like, well, you know, Jake's going to give a boost to wedge and boost focus. And, uh, I, I went for echo with wedge, uh, which I don't, I don't know that he was quite expecting. Cause I had, you know, the, um, you know, I dial in a two straight and then I can boost towards him and two straight. And, right. uh, I, I think I got like one damage or something, but he, he was a little surprised that I was coming for echo. Um, so then, uh, everyone else had to go after shuttle And uh, this was the game where uh, Jake boosted in and got Braylon the the focus barrel roll, and uh, I was able to kill the shuttle before it went that round, uh, which was very key. Meanwhile, like Wedge was boosting round back in, so he could uh, he also got a shot that round. But um, after that, I don't really remember. happened after that (laughs) (laughs) so phantoms
2: don't the phantoms don't super love wedge right because they Uh, got all those tokens and then they got one green die
1: (laughs) yeah and and if it you know if i lie the bullseye up as well like then you got nothing right (laughs) right right.
2: for sure um okay is
1: quite good against phantom
2: and then vader had passive sensors in that list and so did echo so that wasn't the last time you saw passive sensors yeah
1: yeah uh what thoughts on passive sensors you're saying
2: yeah, yeah, because it's an interesting like it just delays action choices, right? And... Yeah,
1: uh, I'm I'm very disappointed they gave the Phantom target lock uh, so easily because like the Phantom's already super good, right? But uh, I don't I don't think it needed that. <laughs> but um, for Vader, I mean, if it definitely it's nice if you're gonna have like not go for the bid with Vader, like having passive sensors is nice. Um, if if. Against my list, right? I'm I'm gonna lose the bid against these type lists most of the time, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it doesn't really do that much against me. I would say, because um, I mean he's like Vader's going last anyways, right? So
2: whatever. sure, it's it's um, interesting that you targeted Echo there, right? Because it's like
1: yeah, it kind did, of makes I, sense, but it's interesting. I didn't want him. I didn't want him. You know, coming up behind, uh, and I I thought everyone else could hold and hold off you know the shuttle invader a little bit at least you know to to threaten um i yeah it was a bit of a commitment i was a little worried because then i ended up having to like race wedge back in to get some shots. right well
2: because the trick is these phantoms can peace out right and it's like oh all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah where is it
1: (laughs) Um, exactly um but yeah i mean that was a good game uh then i had to play boba Fett again uh slightly different but pretty much the same um this game he uh he came in with a boost with boba, and I shot him with every single guy and it it did not turn out well for him
2: how so how much how much damage you put in at that at that stage you' i uh,
1: I don't remember I think i I don't know Boba died real quick this game
0: did uh, the crack shots here take it? Like, because I mean like I feel like if boba could get those range one rerolls. Sometimes really hard to kill him where I think if you have those crack like shots. Yeah, he was
1: one in the first engage, and I got like three or four shots on him, and he he took he took a ton of stress so he could keep flipping his mall thing back, uh, uh, and then he took a lot of damage. But then like the next round, he he just he did not go in a good place, and then then everyone smoked him.
0: Yeah, that's uh, kind of like remnants of like Han back with uh with Han Gunner, that sometimes you just didn't want that stress because of
1: your dial options at that point. Yeah, so he, he 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 was in a rough spot at that point, and that that mistake pretty much cost him the game. Yeah. Um. So then, top four against the Seaver Swarm. Uh. This was a pretty interesting game because we have somewhat similar lists. Uh, he has a little bit, like ah, the the Torkoal guy, right? Like he really screws me over, right? Because I I just cannot have my guys getting Nick killed. Um. So I ended up having kind of a spread out engage. And, uh, I think, uh, I don't remember exactly how it went. I mean, he definitely threatened to kill some guys, but, uh, I, I, managed to get some kills in on the K fighters pretty early, which helped out a lot before they get too close. Right. Once they get to yeah. range one, it gets real dicey. Yeah. And like wedge, uh, wedge went in a little too fast in the first engage. So then I had to like, he took a decent amount of damage and I had to book it with him in the second engage. But um, it, it managed to work out. Like, he came back around and killed the stuff he needed to kill before he died.
2: Right. So at the end of day one, you you played um, some interesting... Like, I, the, I think you played against a Jedi double arc list and a different Torkoal list, right? The last two games? Yeah, um, yeah. Did that prepare you at all for what you saw in the cut? Or was it like you were just already kind
1: of familiar? Um. I mean, the stuff in the cut was, was pretty standard type lists i thought uh i mean the the last round of day one the guy had a pretty interesting scum list with
2: with i see a cloaking device in there (laughs)
1: yeah cloaking on car yeah i i lost that game but uh i was i was i was thinking i I was thinking too far ahead so like i was like oh he he's got this amazing move where he can like decloak sideways and then like catch wedge with a tractor and that'll be like super bad if I put in the obvious move with wedge. So then I was like, I got this. <laughs> so I put I put a four K in with wedge. I was like, oh, I'm oh. gonna smoke him. I'm gonna smoke him. Uh, and then you know he did he did the other obvious move, which was like go towards the rest of my guys And of so nice. wedge. Wedge just like four Ks into nowhere. I'm like oh.
2: <laughs> so for for people listening, just because it's a ridiculous list, and I think it went seven and zero. Oh, it was Uncar Plut with Tobias Seismic Pattern Analyzer Cloaking Device and L three Torkoal with Engine Upgrade and Moldy sivor and then uh, a cartel marauder and there's was and crack shot on c4 that is a yeah. janky scum list that it was pretty jank
1: yeah i mean uh and i i the, the what what he ended up doing was he decloaked forward and did like the three straight so that he could block braylon but uh i was i was kind of expecting that so i put a three straight in with braylon uh unfortunately that did not quite fit uh so then i got totally screwed <laughs> i then, just it's and then it's i it was Unkar, right so jake comes and gives braylon a focus in a barrel roll and i'm like oh, i'll just feel the barrel roll that way because like whatever right But like oh wait it's on car no i lose
2: <laughs> so much theme in here like i can't like why is on car plot in a ship with tobias beckett like the whole thing is good it's real funny but yeah
1: that was a, that was a good list
2: and then the uh, the the list before that that you faced was it looked like it was another OB and two arcs list yeah pretty, two arcs pretty normal Rick
1: Obi. yeah I don't I don't remember how
0: that one went the I one Z ninety five did that come into play at all during these like cartel lists um because it, it feels like it, that could be the
1: perfect opportunity for the block to kind of screw yeah. up their uh, focus so he that how that went was like. He would kind of position such that if I did like the the four straight with the Z, he would catch him with a lot of fire. But instead, I do the one straight with the Z, and then like he kind of shoots some random shots that don't matter much. And then uh, the Z ended up behind his list in, in both of these games. The Z was, the Z was the flanker, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, pretty funny, but uh, and he got some good damage in that way. I good ended spot. up not getting... I, I had a spot where I could have done a really good block in that uh, top four game. Um, but I, I, I couldn't I couldn't convince myself that he was going to do the right move, to, that I would block it. Um, so then, of course, he does that move. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I could have barrel rolled with Z and it would have been amazing. Um, it, instead, I barrel rolled the next round and I still caught like Torkoal in the back with a block. So that was good. Nice
2: cool um do we want to hit the final
1: do you want to talk about that a little bit sure um yeah so the final i mean i i spread out as usual um this one was interesting because he kind of had all of his guys on the same side um i mean partially i guess that's he had the inquisitor across from wedge and he kind of ended up running away towards his other dudes and so then like i'm putting wedge at the fight uh and um, I, I thought he thought I was going to do, like, the focus boost and then, like, two straight to go after the Inquisitor or, uh, like, Whisper or something. But in, instead, I was like, well, I don't, like, Wedge, Wedge doesn't want to be shot at by all those people. Uh, so instead, I was like, well, if I get the four straight boost, I can get around this obstacle and hopefully not get shot by a lot of his guys and uh come around behind you know in the next round that was my plan and um the rest of the team was kind of covering both both angles as well um because i was expecting to have to kind of jump into the rocks uh in the next round with the rest of the team um and so what happened was you know everyone is kind of pointed at this rock that wedge is going to boost towards and wedge goes and does the boost and as expected, you know, the Inquisitor kind of goes away, and Echo kind of goes away. Um, or a Whisper. Uh, and then Vader did, like, a one straight. And I was like, oh, hello, Vader. <laughs> uh, and then, and hello then there. he, he barrel-rolled towards me, which I thought was a little crazy. Um, he was kind of, I guess, betting that, like, he's going to get a lot of damage in on Wedge. And, uh, you know, if I don't kill him, like, it turns out pretty good for him still. Uh but i got I got shots with pretty much everybody at him uh with with crack shot uh to kill him, so I was like, yeah you know i took I took like four damage on wedge um I think like three from Vader and like a crit from whisper through the rock or something uh but I thought that was worth it, um, yeah, for sure, well, like not losing wedge there was yeah awesome <laughs> yeah i mean i I thought it would have been a stretch to lose wedge since like Whisper was shooting, like, range three through a rock, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was fantastic. Um, and then the next round, what, so what I needed to do here was was predict what his Whisper was going to do. Uh, instead, I was too busy trying to decide how in the world I'm going to get all my guys to fit through in this asteroid field. <laughs> uh, and so I got them all to fit. Uh, the problem was that Whisper decloaked towards me, and then did a four straight uh and uh what really annoyed me here was jake gave wedge the focus boost and then whisper four straighted, and he would run in i'm pretty sure he would have run into wedge if i didn't boost him out of the way uh so that, <laughs> that was that was super frustrating uh and then you know whisper gets behind everybody and starts lighting light me up uh and like wedge you know did like a three hard to try to catch the yeah. inquisitor but he booked it because of course the inquisitor doesn't want to like sit in front of my whole team uh but man oh man if i had realized he was going to decloak that way i could have uh, put the like a 4k in with wedge and i would have blocked i would have blocked whisper 4k behind them and if i if i had one banked braylon that way as well so the braylon could shoot whisper oh man the game would have been so over at that point um but yeah, no, he 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 made a good move there. Uh, after that, uh, we kind of we kind of converged back into the middle, um, and uh, I got I got like a I got like one pretty good shot with Braylon and Inquisitor and did nothing, and then uh, then it was like Wedge and Jake versus the Inquisitor at range one, and I was like, man, I I felt like I might kill him even there right um but uh wedge did like two and jake just did nothing and uh and then he then he got wedged for that uh after that um so so that round i had committed braylon a little bit to try to catch the inquisitor but he got past me or maybe the previous round he'd gotten past me uh so braylon was out of it for like a round which that was a big problem um at some point I had needed to just do the focus and not barrel roll. But I didn't I didn't do that. Um
2: That's so, gotta be a I mean that's real hard though to like know when you're gonna wanna give up those mods on, on Braylon just to yeah. keep the dial open. Like that's yeah. a really difficult choice. And
1: yeah, I mean I, so is... I did I did the too hard while stressed at one point. Right. And I was I was pretty sure I was gonna catch the Inquisitor with that, but he was able to boost around me and that that was when I had screwed up. If I had just done like one bank and folks barrel roll, I probably could have shot the inquisitor, and then next round, I might have been able to one bank and folks barrel roll the other direction and still be relevant. Sure, uh, but yeah, I mean, you make decisions in this game. The Z betrayed me because he, <laughs> he was he that was was in the way. The bandit was in the way the whole game, and I was super frustrated. Like he <laughs> he, I just like get out of the way, Z. I don't like. I was like, do I three hard and one to the rock? Cause I just don't want him here. Like he was, he was in the way and then he was like chasing the inquisitor and I sh- should have just like three K or something. But I was like, maybe he won't keep boosting around. Right. Uh, so that was, that was another uh, mistake there. But, uh, after that, uh, I mean, I got a few more shots, but nothing, nothing great. And I think he just dodged it all. Um, uh, and, and, uh, the game was—I finally got like like Braylon and Jake. were gonna shoot Whisper, and then he's like, oh, "I'm just gonna target lock you." I'm like, "What? Like Jake and Braylon are gonna shoot you?" <laughs> but uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, you, if you just kill Jake, sure, yeah, that works, I guess." <laughs> yeah, works um, both
2: ways, right? So then, yeah, it
1: was it was over at that point. But uh, I flew Braylon around a little until I killed him.
2: So and it's there. it's the matchups crazy, right? Because it's got. Like, what do you target, right? Like, he's got so much flexibility for his end game. It feels like.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you have to target whatever you get, right? Like, it's up to him to give me something to shoot at. Uh, I feel like I did a pretty good job limiting his options in the opening. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I, I just it didn't come together after that. And removing Vader is solid, right?
2: Because it's oh, you know, yeah. Vader just just a drain on your list. He's oh, going to yeah. put so much damage out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was good. I just I needed to. I needed to look a little more ahead of that game, uh, and deal with Whisper, but, oh well. or or I needed to like kill the Inquisitor when I got the shots at him, but, you know, we're playing X Wings. So. <laughs> it happens. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Regardless, though, it, you know, it was a great showing by you. Um. If you were listened to the episode before, your name came up, and I was I specifically said I would not be surprised if you do not, you know. Make a great showing, and there you are at the top <laughs> table. So, uh, congratulations. Definitely. Well, thanks.
2: I um,
1: appreciate
0: it. I have, Chris, do you have anything X Wing related before we move on? I,
2: well, yeah, like, let's, we, we can maybe move on to some of the archetype stuff if, if, if Dan, Daniel's got more time. All right, so we not, w- right?
0: before we move on to that, I have one question What made you play X Wing over Legion? <laughs>
1: uh, Legion is just so, 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 I want to play a game where people play it. First okay. of all, uh, and uh, tons of people already were playing X Wing in gotcha. my area. Um, also, like, I don't want to put together all these little figures, and I don't want to paint them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it was already hard enough to try painting them in IA. Now you're telling me I got to put them together, like, and buy terrain, and like, no, no, I'm done.
2: It sounds uh, like work.
1: All, yeah, yeah, all over. Our... Way too much effort. That way too much effort to play that game.
0: All of our IA locals went to play Legion, so I was just like, "No, come play X Wing." But they're all playing Legion
1: now, so yeah, I feel like X Wing is much easier to just pick up and play. Yeah, definitely.
2: That's how I got here. I'd never played a miniature game before, but X Wing was so easy to get into. I just bought it and played it. So yeah, it nice, cool. Um, so if you got like you know fifteen more minutes or so, yeah, I got time. Okay, cool. Um, if there, unless there's something else you want to say about your list or your day, um, I was thinking we could kind of get into just picking apart part the archetype a little bit, right, beyond your specific list. Sure, sounds good. Um, so, I, you know, I've been running Kylo and four Typhos for a while, sometimes have SFs in there as a variation. That's mm-hmm. most of my context. Um, at Worlds, I ran three copies of Crackshot, Scorch, Longshot in there, uh, and Epsilon and Kylo. Um, so some similar things happening, but not quite the same profile offensively. And I have, like, an actual Ace, right? Right. Where your list has, you know, Wedge is a threat, but he's not a true ace. He's not an ace. Yeah. Not, right. like You kind of moved things around a little bit. So it'd be interesting to hear you just talk a little bit about, like, you know, with this archetype, it feels like half the game is preserving that ace piece or whatever the the equivalent is. How much of, like, what you were doing was protecting Wedge? Or is that not really on your mind versus doing damage?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would often like, going into each game, I'm like, well, you know, Wedge, I need to play a little safe with Wedge to make sure he doesn't just bite it right away. Um, But, I mean, there were some games where, like, I played against, like, a Seer Swarm with, like, seven droids, and uh, in that game, Wedge, you know, he, he, he flanked pretty far out to try not to take a lot of fire, but, you know, when he turns towards me, it's like, well, like, I can either, you know, just run away with Wedge and hope he gets away or like i can just do the one straights and try to kill stuff and so i opted to just try to kill stuff because like the rest of my list is also trying to kill stuff right yeah he's he's he spread out pretty off far like he had he had like three droids ish coming at wedge and like four coming at the rest of the team and like seer was kind of in the middle uh he, he maybe had oh he had another bellabob so he had the two bellabobs and six droids i think um and uh that game i was able to like wedge wedge was able to kill the droids he needed to kill like braylon and blount were able to kill a droid and like the bandit the bandit like totally flanked everybody like he was coming up behind seer and i was like okay you know because like he's not going to turn towards the bandit right right um
2: which you can use that to your advantage because you know and like and, yeah. like, the trouble is, though, like, with this list, like, you don't, you want to protect Wedge, you want Wedge involved, you don't want to, like, overflank
1: with Wedge and just expose him, right? Exactly. Or you don't want him just completely out of the game, right? Right. So, it, it's a fine balance between figuring out what they're going to do, and and then deciding, like, okay, it's time for Wedge to go in, and like if he dies oh well like he just needs to get his damage in that he does right
2: and trade for the right piece right right like, that's right trade the trade the end game piece that would make the rest of your list the most sad <laughs> exactly and, and take that off the table yep, yep. Um, which wedge is pretty good at yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's <laughs> so, that's what he does right
2: um so so then just like broadening this up to the archetype right i uh, what's so powerful about it is like i feel like if you reduce it to a four ship list you start to have a list that is less able to absorb losses but is also less able to like you know, just kind of play two games at once so I know you're trying to engage like all at the same time, but yeah. there's a part of it, right, where like those four ships that aren't the ace are kind of their own little squad that's right. why I call it ace plus squad, it's like they can just go and like sacrifice some stuff and it's fine
1: yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's a little bit about like limiting your opponent's options uh because if you like they don't have any great targets right because like if they go after just the one ship like there's a lot of stuff coming up behind them right and like so they can't ignore it but like they also can't just ignore the, the ace by himself right or he's gonna come in and do tons of damage so you kind of force them to play your game a little bit and that like we're gonna have kind of this spread out engagement and like you need to also do that uh, and if they can't do that well with their list, then like, you gain an advantage I would right say. so
2: what's that that's one of the like you talked about this already but the, the thing that draws me to the archetype is the like the tactical flexibility so like with my list i can I can go as a full joust i'm rarely doing that, but sometimes it's the correct choice I can spread out like you you were doing right yeah. um or you know you can you can really just have everything kind of operating as its own individual elements yeah um But the the thing that the thing it's vulnerable to is if you come up against like an ace list, right, and you spread your list out, um, that's strong. But it does make different edges of that group sort of more vulnerable than others because a partial engage is real bad, right? Like you don't want that,
1: right? So Um, you need to be willing to like take some damage on the the edge guys uh, to make stuff happen, right? Or to to distract the rest of their list enough. So like in one of the games against like rick and some jedi like the z you know I, I kept doing his little one straight but like the z has to deal with rick and like eh like gonna take some damage but like you know rick's gonna pass me if i if i then zoom the next round so like that damage doesn't really matter too much right and then i'm behind his guys or like or i can you know take the damage and then i can block off his options in the next round by sacrificing beating. for position, basically, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the.
2: So I think excellent players are typically really locked in on like a trade being I traded this amount of MOV for that amount of MOV or that piece for that.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's a little bit of a trap, right? I mean, those things are super important, right? But, uh, you know, taking a little damage here and there is not everything, right? And like, so I think I bring some IA from into the game from. Here, like, because in IA, right, like, generally you're moving guys around, you're taking losses, but like, you know, you're, you're trying to position in such a way that you you take the right damage on the right guys at the right time, uh, and so it, it doesn't quite play into X-wing as much. But I think some of those ideas, at least, are worth thinking about.
2: Well, and it it doesn't always play into X-wing because a lot of lists aren't capable of that, right? Like, there there is substantial number of lists where you know, you you might only have pieces that losing any one of them kind of breaks everything down, right? Right, um, right? Where where this just has has a lot more kind of flexibility to trade, but then also flexibility in how it's positioning. Um, so, so the one thing that I, is, I'm curious about is the ace matchup. Like, how do you force the ace to make a bad choice real,
0: real quick on that that last you so, know no. Yeah, no, r- r- about that like taking damage in the right place um sometimes it's not always the same uh compared to ia where like so like back a while ago i flew the four fang list where it's the three zealous recruits and then fen um which is real similar of these lists uh, but it, sometimes with those lists what you can do um is like, you can take damage on that one list, or that one ship, and then that ship can kind of just be like, okay, well, if you're going to shoot this, you're going to have to punish, be punished for shooting it again, and it's going to be very hard to kill it. Um, so it, it, it is still possible to do stuff like that, but I think at the same time, it's it's harder to do in X-Wing as it is um, IA.
2: And is that just because of fewer pieces? Um,
0: a little bit I mean with IA line of sight is a huge thing so like you have different things but like so like with X-Wing it's kind of like you need to um, really set up like kill boxes and everything like that with like so like if they're going to try to take out that like for the points for that one ship it's it, you kind of have to like play your hand to that either you're going to make them really punish them for trying to go after that last ship or you know it's going to be very hard to kill that ship so it's kind of like i i call it like the like cycling out ships like so uh, and a lot of times you can do that with like certain ships i, I wouldn't say all because like i mean if you're dealing with this with braylon it might be kind of hard but um certain ships like like i said with like the fang is super useful because you know they everyone knows they don't die at range one um and then if you shoot it out at range three it, it's going to be just as hard to kill where you have these other you know two three ships breathing down your neck
2: that's fair, yeah. So, like, so talking about the aces list, like you you brought up recycling, right? So, so Daniel, like, against an aces list, the danger is you set up in kind of a loose joust, right? Yeah. And they make it awkward, chip some damage off the edge of the list, and then that's all that happens the rest of the day,
1: right? Yeah, I uh, I don't know that I ever really felt like that was going to happen. Uh, so in some of these games, I would even like you if if you if you cover all their so if you spread out the right way you can kind of cover a lot of their options that make it very awkward for them to approach yeah uh and so like braylon for example he can one straight down your board edge until it gets interesting uh and that extremely discourages anyone from even going in that half the board really right because like they just don't want to be where Braylon's point is, is gone. gotten, um, and so it it tends to make them move in different ways that that open up more options for you. So you're kind of controlling,
2: you're controlling up the board basically just with Braylon's arc because his mods are so reliable, right?
1: Yeah, um, like they they just don't want that to be behind them or in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that drives
2: them into other parts of your list, basically.
1: Yeah yeah and like the rest of the list needs to be able to like handle things if, if you know they do if they do start acting like they're going to engage right and, and part of that's about how you're going slow right so like everybody can one straight and Brian can too hard and then, then he can catch up right, right. Uh, if they're going to fight but uh, the ace lists like the like three aces or like two aces and a support like they tend not to commit at all right uh, and that gives you the opportunities to like have Wedge gun Wedge and Jake can gone down one side and try to catch somebody. Uh, whereas everyone else just kind of is like, Hey, where are you going to go? You know, I got, I got these three arcs and like Jake yep. can come over too. And you know, you, you, at some point they do have to commit cause they run out of space. Right. Uh, you can so- put pressure on them basically at like from multiple angles and
2: that, eventually gives you more control the trick is you know there are some aces that will win those partial trades you have to be careful
1: yeah, yeah. Um, it, it all just depends on
0: the matchup
2: yeah, yeah
0: looking at your last game the, in the championship game it was kind of really interesting seeing how you kind of like almost like heard it like the one side of the board where you know you make them kind of like force them into like a little bit of a circle where wedge and jay's kind of uh, wedge and uh, jay kind of like just came down the one side and then met in the middle um so it was interesting, really interesting seeing that happen.
2: Yeah. And it's helpful having individual pieces that can threaten that way. Like so what Part of what I found with my list, right, is I've got Scorch and Longshot, who are both throwing down three dice, right? And they've got Crackshot. Yeah. But they don't have quite the, uh, the re-rolls available to them. So I kind of need, like, two TIE Fighters to really scare an ace, right? Like, yeah, just one yeah. is enough to chip, but it's not enough to make them,
1: like, question where they're going.
2: Um, which is which is a factor.
1: Right. And like, whereas in my list, like Jake and Wedge, like no one wants to be over there. Right. And then like Braylon and everyone else, like no one wants to be over there either. So uh, I've at least got two very strong fronts that I can push forward with.
2: Which gives some clues to list building, right? Like if you're running a list like this, it's it's helpful to have kind of solitary elements in a way. Um, So then just kind of talking a little bit more about the archetype, right? When you face a, a not ace list, right? So you're going up against a, a, a pure jousting list. I like those matchups in general um, because I've got a blocker and I've got enough pieces to sort of trade with them. Um, but what's your perspective on the beef matchup against kind of ace plus squad? Like, is there particular risks there?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's all about trying to figure out, you know what they're going to do and how you can best take advantage of that. So like, um, if, if you can't just out joust them, right. Then you, you need to position in such a way that they're going to have to commit towards something. And that needs to be advantageous to you or you need to reposition. Right and with
2: with this archetype you typically can't out joust them right because you're kind of a hybrid of the two you're not a pure
1: jouster um, i mean it, sometimes it, it you can't depends though. right yeah. like uh it depends but um yeah like the torcle swarm right like i can't i can't just go straight at that guy right like that's a problem um, so instead i have to you know split up and make him choose like hey are you gonna go for wedge Or are you going to go for, like, everybody else? Or are you going to go for the Z coming at you, right? Yeah. Um, And, like, I mean, definitely having the I-1 helps a lot in that you can limit options that way.
2: And then you run up against a Seer Swarm and you can initiative kill. So that kind of flips a little bit, right? Because you don't feel quite as bad about some of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that certainly helps out a lot. But, like, there, you know, there's so many guns coming at you, right? So, again, it's just all about... Making sure the right people can shoot the right targets without you also just getting all your guys blown to pieces. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's hard to really get more specific without like looking at a board. I would say
2: absolutely, and that's that's why um, you know the the crates have been doing. They did a a, a kind of a recording uh, breakdown of a game a while back, um, which actually it's like the easiest way to talk about any of this, right? Is to like watch a real game talk about the decisions as they're happening right, right and then what definitely. built up to them um so I, the other thing though with this with this archetype just to just to mention um you know you didn't have a really mobile ace option in there um no. ha, like for me with kylo kylo pretty much never dies right like he just that's his party trick right oh yeah like he, he just pretty much doesn't die unless that i did nice. something bad i <laughs> <All laughs> um, gotta die all the time yeah, well, it's like that's the trick, right? Is like Kylo's sort of out there with three agility hiding, um, and that sometimes gets me into trouble because he's not as involved as he needs to be. Um, but like, you know, how much how much do you think you would change your approach with your list with a really mobile ace, right? That you were more worried about sacrificing.
1: Yeah, tricky uh, question,
2: right? But like, how much does that change the approach and how offensive you were being?
1: It it really comes down to like is is he the bait or is he the flank or both and and you switch between those roles depending on what the opponent's doing right like you can set up across from them with your ace and you know do the one hard barrel roll thing and like hey you're going to come at me and like okay they don't come at you you know one hard the other way right and like oh now they're coming at you so now you got to you know fake out again right but or like oh they just they committed to the other guys so now i can zoom in behind them um which all of those things
2: Wedge pretty much can't be doing, right? Like he's no, not the
1: Wedge definitely commits, but usually I found that like I'm gonna I'm gonna set up opposite of their main force with Wedge. Like, you know, ninety nine percent of the time. And so Wedge is gonna commit to something for the most part, and then like they have to decide like is, is it worth going all in on Wedge or is it worth trying to, you know, split up a little bit? and depending on what they do um that really changes things and like wedge you're never really exactly sure where wedge is gonna go especially if he does like you know four straight curve boost and then yep. jake jake can give him boost in any direction and he can like two straight barrel roll, he's right? still i6 right so he is yeah. reacting like he yeah has yeah it's not so,
2: yeah that makes sense um cool i i think that's most of what i wanted to hit i think to wrap this up um i wanted to talk about a couple of like within faction kind of lists that meet this kind of archetype um and just kind of get your take on it so quick on first order um there was another guy in cut who ran quick draw with three epsilons and two sfs mm-hmm. which is yeah, it that feels good. oddly close to your list right quick draw is kind of a wedge equivalent yeah um, yeah any thoughts on that one
1: um. Yeah, I haven't played too much first order myself. That's probably my least played faction. Uh, mainly because I don't have the ships. <laughs> fair. But, uh, yeah, totally fair. Um, I mean that seems good. I played with quick a couple times, and I find that quick like quick has the same problem that wedge has, which is that uh, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so,
2: but you go down swinging, right? Yeah, <laughs> take something I mean, with you. I hope
1: you go down swinging. I feel like wedge is maybe a little bit more of like an immediate threat versus quick draw. Uh, and, like, and they probably cost about the same. Quick draw probably costs more though, right? He's
2: fifty nine, so like usually he's fifty nine with, with fanatical and, and fire control. A lot of times people run him with just fanatical. So I see. Um, but he's more expensive than wedge in that in that case. Yeah. Uh,
1: but the Excited. double tap, right?
2: It's, it's yeah,
1: for... I mean you know if you it depends on how you how good you are rolling dice <laughs> right? oh
2: man that's great uh how much so the rear arcs though and the sfs are kind of interesting right yeah like... those
1: are pretty good i mean i've seen a lot of people have success with like multiple sfs um, i think a guy in the in our we, we played in the course invitational right and we had to play every faction and i think our our fo list was like kylo two sfs and two yep. FOs or something like that and it's like scorching an epsilon yeah um, yeah yeah and so like that the, you know that kind of definitely fits this this discussion here and uh I don't know, it seems good right like um the, the
2: the interesting thing with that one is sort of like the sfs help you with the ace matchup right because you get the rear arcs and yeah you yeah less it's real character. hard
1: real hard for them to avoid everything you know with those rear arcs so mm-hmm. uh Yeah, those seem good.
2: And you can be a little bit less careful about your initial engage, right? Because you want all your guns on target, but, like, the next turns are a little bit more open, right? Because you can set up the rear. Yeah. Um, Nice. So I I think that's something, like, that quick draw in five seems like a lot of ships. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot
1: of ships. That does seem good. Yeah. I'll try give that a try.
2: And then uh, Scum is a little harder to do this, right? So there, there's like a dozen Kylo plus four options. People can figure those out. Some have sense, some don't. They're all cool. Um, but Scum, it's like you can get Fen and like four ships. You know, you can get snapshot miners and some stuff. But
1: yeah, I'm not a fan it's of that. Tough, those. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I would look more at like you know the super janky list, the God Seven O, like that, yeah. that kind of stuff is pretty good. I mean, you don't really have an ace at all, but uh i think scum is probably better at those types of lists at the moment going that way for the direct joust versus yeah yeah though i've been looking at um not not really an ace either but uh the trans ocean slaver if you put java and contraband <laughs> on it and Han, yep, it, yep. it gets very funny for, for <laughs> like 75 points yep it's no, good I, stuff I, i've been trying to decide what to fly with that but uh
2: that sounds like a good like after worlds getting to a final table run like like relax list right like that could yeah. be neat
1: so and that kind of stuff's interesting
2: yeah a lot of interactions yeah um andrews are kind of like yeah fun player, it's funny cuz like
0: guy. ever ever like looking at your list like i've literally just been looking to like mimic it like and it, so like the one list i kind of came up with was like Fenrail with graz the hunter um Lando in the escape pod, Sunny Bounder, and then just a... Either a Z95 or a Mining Gill tie, Just to kind of, like, try to do that mimic. And, like, I, the problems that I really run into is, like, sure, Lando in the escape pod can kind of mimic um, Braylon a little bit because he can just kind of focus <laughs> and then get the rerolls. But he's, like, four, He's four yeah, health, and it's just, like, he's going to die. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, like, the problem with, like, Finn is, like, he's a powerhouse ship that can do a lot... But at the same time, he's 68 points, and it feels bad when he does die, and he will die. So it's yeah. it was hard to do. Like, it's something I'm still going to mess around with a little bit, but I, I 100% absolutely agree that the the faction is that jank faction, that you can find those things, and they will probably work. Um, especially in, like, certain meta things with, like, the Transition Slavers, and, like, I had a lot of success playing Ketsu because, like, the... Um, having those extra arcs like with the sfs like just aces can't escape that like they, yeah it would just take them out so i 100 agree that they are more of that janky faction but i at the yeah. same time i still want to try that list out
1: yeah i think the scum list right now they're they're like who you could consider aces are probably a little too expensive yes to try to fit that many ships in
2: yeah it's, you know you end up removing advanced sensors from Guri and then you start looking at old Terok and just kind of wondering what you're doing right yeah. <laughs> so it's but they're they're neat options they just don't have they don't have that kind of mix of uh, threats that we were talking about with you know, some of these other lists yeah, um, yeah so like well, so so just let's just hit, real ahead.
0: quick, like the one thing that like I was looking at with your list is like a lot of those ships somehow get double mods like with Jake giving focuses to people and Braylon getting the rerolls. Uh, yeah. Blonde getting that extra dice where like when I was looking at um, like certain scum ships, it just wasn't there. Like that double mod efficiency just was not there at all. So when, when trying to make this kind of archetype,
2: you can still fit a bunch of copies of Crackshot. So you don't want to underestimate some of that, but it's, yeah. it's a different it's different territory. Definitely. Uh, so Empire, though, I think has some some legit options. Like you can run a whole Howl I, I didn't swarm with tier, right? Like that's it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've, if you've seen that too much. You probably only seen like the Inferno Swarm, right? Just yeah, the
1: uh, Inferno Swarm. I saw people were messing around with like, like three ties and like soon tier and somebody else or something. Lists like that, which might be interesting. Uh, I've
2: been looking at like Howl, Iden, Hask, and Wampa. They get three copies of Crackshot in there, and then hmm. a crack, crack targeting a soon tier. Um, seems reasonable. The only, the only tr- trouble with it is like those ties are in a box, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe that's okay. It just makes me a little uncomfortable with what you were talking about, right? Like it's, it just doesn't have that flexibility. The player can play around it. Um, but it's neat. You know, it's, it's definitely all kind of slightly higher initiative too. Like I think you could probably sacrifice stuff to get swarm tactics in there somewhere. Have a couple things shooting at I-5.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, a different playstyle though. I think with with that though, right? Because you gotta have all your guys really close to each other.
2: Yeah, and then Suntir is so vulnerable, right? Like he can't afford to do the types of flank the flanks you were talking about with Wedge or yeah, even Kylo. Like I can do stupid things with Kylo and not lose him. tier not quite. You know, yeah. it's a little different. Um, there's there's not too much more else like within Empire that I think I'd mention um, besides that one. Within Rebels though. Um, people are looking at ways to get Luke into your list, which I find fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, Luke's good. Um, He costs a whole lot if if you can't, if you roll blanks. (laughs) Right. But uh, Mm -hmm. he's good. He's solid. You end up having
2: to give up Blount. Like, you can do Luke Wedge, I think, a couple of Braylon, right?
1: You probably need to give up, like, uh, I hate giving up Braylon, but, like, you probably need to give up Braylon if you want to have Luke. Yeah. But then I'm not, I'm not sure what you would want to take then.
2: I've looked at so Luke, Wedge, Jake, and two bandits, or Luke, Braylon, Jake, and and two. Um, but it starts to starts to break down a little bit. Um, people just want to run Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that's it's a big part of it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly are good options to, worth trying. I would say.
2: Um. And it's a very different ship, right? Because it's just it's a little more defensive.
1: Yeah, but. yeah.
2: Uh, last thing here, I think you you mentioned the Nantex and the Vultures. Um, that does kind of qualify for the archetype, but it, it didn't does. form very well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many there were of like the mixed versus like just the swarm. I I think it could be good, but
0: i definitely think with like the separatist faction in general people just kind of look at as a swarm faction or as opposed to looking at all those named droids where i think there's definitely especially the hyenas like that one that can coordinate at basically like initiative like eight like it's pretty it's something to look at at
2: least you, you meaning like so? What we saw at Worlds was Sunfak and five Vultures, right? Right. Like that was the closest to this, or it was it was Sunfac and Grievous and then uh, Brewer maybe Chertek. I, uh, I like maybe if you're taking only five ships, you're saying you could make one of those not a Vulture kind of deal. Yes,
0: like like definitely look at like um, the different uh, bom- hyena bombers. Um, I don't know too much about Separatists, but is there any like name Sep not name Separatists, but like. <laughs> The, the other the separate herb,
2: the vultures. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's just that the trouble is Sunfac is so bid dependent. Yeah, right? I, I feel like everyone's chasing that. Like crazy. yeah. So if
1: you if you want to, you know, have a swarm type thing, then you just you can't play Sunfak, right? Like, unless unless you've got enough stuff to not have to worry about the I sixes. But I I don't know. It
2: definitely seems like people haven't figured out like they, like they found the double ensnare Grievous list, right? And then. Yeah. The rest of it's sort of an open book at the moment. Um, maybe maybe somebody has the list out there, but <laughs> haven't heard about it.
0: It'll be interesting to see what separatists come into the future. Because I mean, like it's all droids right now, but like the lore behind all of it is definitely there's going to be a lot more stuff coming. Like uh, I'm excited to see Asajj like show up in Separatists. Um, hopefully, uh,
2: it'll be interesting to see that though. They've got right a lot now, of names, yeah. They could, they could pick from, yeah. It'd be cool so um hey just to round out because I, we have some listeners who care about other factions so resistance and republic um republic it's the resistance. i don't... <laughs> it's, the yeah, resistance. it's the resistance there it is Mad um, props to Kaylin for playing that
1: card at worlds and getting like, hell yeah or something
2: yeah it was so cool and yelling it's the resistance and oh, then everyone great. else yelling
1: <laughs> it was great that was
2: the highlight absolutely i it, the, the and we have most of the audio. I think when Gold Squadron was interviewing you guys, they caught most of that audio. It's amazing yeah, so it's really cool um, so but as far as this archetype in resistance, it's tough right because poe is it's similar to scum, where like Poe's just expensive enough that it, it it you you start reducing it down to three ships with Poe instead of four
1: yeah um, it's it's really easy to build four ship lists in resistance. It's much harder to try to build a five ship list. That yeah. you feel good about the only
2: thing i could find was rose finn with heroic tally greer and poe um but like it doesn't feel like a realist you almost have to reduce poe down to one of the i-5s so
1: yeah it's
2: tough uh and then republic is also kind of in that four ship range if you're bringing an ace i don't really count rick as an ace so like as soon as you include ob it kind of becomes a four ship list um
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, especially if you're putting on Delta, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. um, Um, And like like torrents are pretty good filler, but uh, there's not anything that quite makes them. I mean, like hit hard enough unless you're going like full swarm, like Sinker or whatever, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they're a little more durable, right, than the than the Bandit, but uh, they got that linked action, which is great. but they don't have like the named. There's no Blount
1: in a torrent, which would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think there's probably some something here with like you know you got broadside with his turret, and then maybe maybe you can find some other pieces to make like a five ship list interesting. But I'm not sure what that would be at the moment.
2: And yeah, and then you'd probably have to reduce. Obi's already cheap, but I'm kind of with you that if you're gonna if you're gonna take seven B, you're at four ships pretty quick.
1: Yeah, if you're not at five. Oh, for sure, for sure. But there, there's probably uh, that, something interesting in here, with with some calibrateds and chopper and maybe maybe Baby Anakin or something. <laughs> Baby <laughs> yeah, Anakin's sounds, You can use it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Annie N one's cool. I mean, the, the list I was messing with was Obi, Rick, Annie N one and two torrents, um, and it had crack shot on uh, on Annie. Uh huh. Um, it's it's fun. Like it's it's it doesn't feel like an optimized Republic list, but it it's definitely entertaining. And ones are a good time.
0: Cool. Uh, All right, is that uh, gonna wrap us up? I think that's
2: up? Yeah, I think that's everything. I I, I just wanted to kind of end with like first like it's awesome that you got as far as you did with this list. It's super encouraging for a lot of players who are fans of this. Um oh. and I, I know that we're already seeing locally, you know, players picking up just five ship things, which is awesome. So Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's a lot of fun to play with more ships.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah,
0: being the first second edition of worlds, it was awesome seeing just
1: rebels and imperials on the table at the final table. They must have been over the over the moon. Yeah, that was the finals. It
0: it was really cool seeing that. Just
2: thematically, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Going into it, it could have been so much different. It could have been a Nantex mirror. (laughs) 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 So glad we didn't get that.
0: All right, Chris, Um, you got anything else? I think I think we're done.
2: Just. Yeah, Daniel, thanks for coming on. This was great. Really
1: no, appreciate thanks.
0: the much Yeah, Dan, do you have any uh, shout-outs, any, uh, anything you want to say before we close out?
1: Uh, Not really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you guys should all uh, hop on Vassal. I'll play, I'll play Hop yeah. on Vassal all the time. So.
0: Nice. Um. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, it was a great showing. I'm glad to have you a part of the community now. It'll be interesting to see where uh, the road leads from here on out. So uh, sure. thank you. thanks again for coming on. So I'm going to close the show out on that. It was a super great episode. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great night.